reflecting upon the situation that this ummah is going through in this current time, I'm reminded of the statement of the poet who said, وَلِلْحَوَادِثِ سُلْوَانٌ يُسَهِّلُهَا وَمَا لِمَا حَلَّ بِالْإِسْلَامِ سُلْوَانٌ He said, the misfortunes of life have small graces that make them easy to bear, or at least make them easier to bear. But there is nothing that makes what happens to Islam easy to bear. There's not one of us sitting here today who is not aware of the situation that the Muslims are facing around the world. And indeed many of us are very active in informing other people about this, in sharing news and in posting comments on social media and so on and so forth. But the reason for this khutbah today is that in all of these posts and in all of these messages and sermons and speeches and in all of this gathering of charity and all of the dua in the, the witr and so on and so forth, I so very rarely hear people offer the real solution to this problem. There are many, many solutions offered. There are many fingers pointed. It is the fault of so and so. It is the fault of such and such a country. It is the fault of such and such an individual. We need to boycott. We need to protest. We need to do this and that and the other. And yet almost never do you hear the people actually tell people the real reason why this is happening and the very, very simple solution to stop it happening. And while you find that we as a community are willing to make dua and we're willing to give charity and we're willing even to do these things that have very little basis in Islam, from the protesting and the likes. And we're willing to spend many hours on social media and we're willing to spend our time glued to the television or to YouTube. But the one thing we are not willing to do is the one thing that needs to be done. And that is to recognize where this problem comes from and to recognize the solution that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave for what is afflicting the ummah today. We must begin by understanding that there is no evil and no trial and no fitna that will befall this ummah except that Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained in the clearest of terms the cause and the solution for it. How else could it be when Allah Azza wa Jal sent the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with everything that this religion needs to make this religion superior over all other religions even though the disbelievers hate it. And Allah Azza wa Jal completed our religion for us 
and completed his favor upon us and chose for us Islam as our religion, then how can it be that Allah Azza wa Jal did not give us a solution to the troubles and the difficulties and the trials and tribulations that we find ourselves in as an ummah? And let's be honest, these trials and tribulations didn't start with the oppression of the Muslims in Gaza. They started a long, long time before that. And they're not limited to the problems in Palestine. At the same time as our Muslim brothers and sisters are being oppressed and attacked in Palestine, they are being oppressed and attacked in Syria. And at the same time as that, there are troubles for our Muslim brothers and sisters in Libya. And at the same time as that, there are people who are unable to fast in China because they are forced to eat by the regime or by the individuals in certain areas that force them to eat so that they can't fast. And you're all aware of the situation of the Muslims in Burma. And we can go on and on and on until the end of the khutbah listing the places and by Allah we would almost not finish them. Because this affliction that has afflicted the ummah has afflicted the ummah as a whole. And very few people have escaped it. From place to place and time to time we see the noose being tightened and we see the enemies of Islam circling around the Muslims in every single place to attack them from every single direction. And yet still we are not willing to do what needs to be done. Still, even though some of us know fine well, and even though we read the Qur'an, and Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, and we're going to talk about why this happens. And it has happened before. And these trials and tribulations have afflicted the people at the time of the Prophet Wasallam and those before his time. And he told you the cause and he told you the solution in the clearest way. And yet still, collectively, we're not willing to take responsibility. And so once we've understood that there is a solution, that this is not an inevitable circumstance that you sit there and say, this is what has been put for us and we endure it. There's no doubt that patience plays a huge role. But we have to realize that the source of trials and tribulations are what our own hands have earned. The source of trials and tribulations are what our own hands have earned. Corruption has appeared on land and at sea. By what? Bima kasabat aidin nas by what the hands of men have earned. And Allah Azza wa Jal told the Muslims in the battle of Uhud. When the Muslims said, how can this happen? How could we possibly have been defeated? How could this happen? Say it is from your own selves. And I will give you just one simple illustration of this. And we could talk about this for a long time, but I just want to give you a simple illustration. The Prophet said, you will follow the ways of those who came before you. From the Jews and the Christians. Shibran, Shibran. 
handspan by handspan, until if one of them put his hand into the lizard's hole, you would come after him and put your hand in. The lizard's hole is the hole surrounded by the tails of scorpions. You put, he puts his hand in, the Jew comes along and he puts his hand in and he's stung. And you look at his hand and you toddle on after him and put your own hand in after him. This is the example the Prophet ﷺ gave. You hear the a'imma of the masajid making dua against the oppressors in Israel and you copy the oppressors in Israel in your actions and in your akhlaq and in your dealings and in your mu'amalat. You copy their ways. Shibran, shibran, handspan by handspan. Listen to what Allah Azza wa Jal says about the Jews in the Quran, about a group of them. What does He say about their trustworthiness? About a group of them and their trustworthiness. <coughs> From them are those if you gave Him a dinar, if you trusted Him with a dinar, He would not keep that trust. Unless you stood over him demanding it. How many people is this their description among the Muslims? How many times did he tell us about Bani Israel? Did Allah Azza wa Jal tell us about Bani Israel in the Quran? And tell us about their constant questioning the messenger and their constant refusal to follow the commands of their messenger. And then ask yourself how many of us are the same? How many of us, when the truth comes to us, we knowingly and deliberately choose something different just like Bani Israel did? What did Allah Azza wa Jal give us the reasons for Bani Israel to be cursed? And one of them, Their devouring of interest when they had been prohibited from it. And yet we see the Muslims in our congregation and in our community devouring interest. And they say, Allahumma alayka bil Yahud. Oh Allah, take care of the Jews. Do you make dua against your own selves? Is it your own selves you want to curse? Because you look at yourselves and look at the descriptions of Bani Israel in the Quran and you will see, Shibran, Shibran, latattabi'unna sanana man kana qablakum. You are following the ways of the very people that you curse. And this is the real solution. That when each individual person turns back to Islam and turns back to the book of Allah and the Sunnah and leaves the very riba that the Jews were cursed for and leaves the statement of the Jews that we don't have any responsibility with regard to the other religions and leaves the way of them with regard to questioning their prophets and constantly turning away from the truth and leaves their way with regard to the issue of amana and fulfilling the trust and all of the other description of them in the Quran, when we stop following them handspan by handspan, then perhaps Allah Azza wa Jal will give us victory over them. But until then, when you copy them in every single thing that you do, in your aspects of your religion, in the aspects of your akhlaq, in the aspects of your clothing, in the aspects of your speech, in the aspects of your trustworthiness and your character, and you copy the very people that you say, Oh Allah, help us against them. And this is not directed to any one individual, but to our community and ourselves as a whole, myself and yours. That we have to be real about the situation here. So many times, read the history, ya ikhwan, read the history of Gaza, 
read the history of what happened in Palestine. By Allah, it was not the strength of the enemy that gave them Palestine, nor was it their support from the wider countries like the US and the UK and France. Read it, read it in front of your eyes in a book of history. We gave it to them. We took it with our own hands and we gave it to them on a plate. Read the history of the 1967 war. Read what happened in that war. The Muslims were so corrupt and so far away from their deen. They were led by a shuyu'i ba'thi communist. What help did you want Allah to give them against the people who were fighting them? When they were led by the ba'thiyin, the people who are the pan-Arab communist parties. And then after them, they were led by who? The Batiniya, the Alawites and the likes of these people who are in Syria before Bashar al-Assad, his father, and so on and so forth. What help did you want from Allah Azza wa Jal against your enemies when this was the circumstance of the Muslims? Read about it. When you read, you'll read how it was that Israel destroyed all of the Egyptian plains. Because the Muslims were so corrupt that they were out committing zina and stealing and lying and cheating. And when the Israeli people found out, they simply bribed them into giving them the location of the plains and letting them leave them out and then they destroyed them. Don't think that your enemy was so strong. We gave it to them by our sins. The same thing that happened in Uhud, and it happened again, and it happened in Hunayn, and again and again in the Qur'an we are told, it comes from your own sins. And of course we turn around and we say, okay, but I can't change the sins of the people in that place in the world. And I agree with you, you can't. You can't change the sins of the people living in Palestine, you can't change the sins of the people living in Syria. But you can change your own. And if you change your own, then Allah Azza wa Jal will help you in your local area, your locality, in your family, to correct a handful of people. And if we have 200 people here today, and those 200 people correct themselves and turn to Allah and stop the following of Ahlul Kitab and the imitating of Ahlul Kitab in everything that they do, bit by bit you will see how Allah will correct the people. And when Allah corrects you, you correct a community. And how many times has one person been the cause to correct an entire nation? And how many times has Allah Azza wa made one person the cause to correct an entire country and a series of countries? This happens when we correct ourselves. It is so, so easy to walk around and to say, boycott this, protest, raise your voice, shout and scream, stamp your feet, go home and disobey Allah just like you used to last week. It is the easiest thing in the world to do. But it's not easy for you to recognize that the real problem is the fact that we in our sins, in our disobedience to Allah, have turned away from Allah. And Allah will not change the condition of a people until they change what is in themselves. For good or for bad. And so if we want to see a change in the ummah, the least that we can do is to try to make a change in ourselves. So at least when we raise our hands and ask Allah to correct the situation of our brothers and sisters around the world, at least we do so with a grain of sincerity.
at least we do so with an atom's weight of sincerity that we can say, yes, oh Allah, I tried to change myself and I strive to change myself and then I asked you to change the people. But how many times are we openly disobeying Allah and we know fine well that we're doing it and the worst of it is this copying of Ahlul Kitab, copying of their bad characteristics, copying of their dealings and their character. And then we say, oh Allah, help us against them. This is the problem. And the solution is to turn and re- to Allah in repentance and to correct yourself and to correct your families and to correct your community. And you will see how Allah Azza wa Jal will bring about a change locally and globally when the Muslims change themselves. And you can't have this attitude. And this is the last point I'm making this first part. That you can't have this attitude that it's not me. It's somebody else. Somebody else's problem. Somebody else is sinful, it's not me. If we all had this attitude, who in the world will change? Nobody. Because everybody wants to point the finger at somebody else. It's really easy to blame Fulan and Alan. It's very easy to point and blame other people. And it's very hard to take that lesson on that the Sahaba took at Uhud. And it wasn't Fulan and Fulan, it was me. And it's my responsibility now to change myself and then Allah Azza wa Jal will change a people. This is the reality that we're living in as an ummah. It's not a pretty time. It's not a glorious golden age in our history. We're living in the time the Prophet ﷺ talked about the enemies of Islam will gather together like people gather together for a meal. They'll gather together against the Muslims like the people gather together for a meal. Come and eat with me, come and eat with me. Every country in the world surrounding them, attacking them, one by one by one. We're not living in a golden age. But we do have a solution. Whether it is local or whether it is international, it is the same solution that Allah Azza wa Jal told you. That you repent and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will correct you and Allah azza wa jal will give you authority on the earth and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you against your enemies. Otherwise, you can't be sat asking for the help of Allah to come and you're not willing to do what it takes for that help to come. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah al-azim li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimina min kulli dhanbin fastaghfiruhu yaghfir lakum innahu huwa al-ghafurur rahim. الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. After having understood this fundamental point, I want to focus on one particular characteristic of Ahlul Kitab that we're told about in the Quran that we as Muslims have fallen into. And that because of falling into this, Allah Azza wa Jal caused a great deal of trials and tribulations to befall the people before us. And these stories and these, this mention of their history in the Qur'an is there for the reason of you to take a lesson from it. And that is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal. كَانُوا لَا يَتَنَاهَوْنَ عَمْ مُنْكَرٍ فَعَلُوا They did not use to prevent each other from the evil that they saw each other doing. What an evil thing it was that they used to do. And this is again another example of how we as an ummah have come to follow 
and to live in the shadow of the very people that we ask Allah to help us against. We have stopped advising each other. When we see something wrong, we've stopped speaking up against it. We've stopped trying to change the evil that exists within our community and indeed within the wider society as a whole. And when the previous nations did this, Allah brought upon them disgrace. And Allah caused their enemies to overcome them. And so we should not be surprised when this happens to us. Having said that, there will always remain a group of people firm upon the truth. And the Prophet ﷺ asked Allah a dua. And from the things that he asked Allah and Allah granted him is that our ummah will not be destroyed by an enemy who will overcome them all at once. And we know that the eventual outcome is for the believers. But the point of this khutbah today is for us to realize our share. And that doesn't mean we stop making dua, doesn't mean we stop giving money, doesn't mean we stop helping and supporting, doesn't mean we stop making people aware of the problem. But it does mean that we add to it the most fundamental principle when it comes to these issues in Islam, that what befalls you of trials and tribulations happen because of your own sin. And so when you correct that sin and repent to Allah, Allah will give you the authority that you seek and the power that you seek and the ability to overcome the enemies that you seek. And this requires patience because it doesn't happen in a day. And it didn't happen to the Prophet ﷺ in a day. It took time. He lived in Makkah in a state of weakness, in a state of difficulty, in a state of hunger, in a state of trial. And when one of the people came, the companions came while he was in Makkah, and he came asking the Messenger, O Messenger of Allah, won't you supplicate to Allah to remove us from this affliction? Won't you ask Allah to relieve us from this trial? And the Prophet ﷺ rebuked him for being hasty, for being a hasty person. And he said, there came before you a person who would be taken and sawn in half and he would not leave his religion. We need to be patient. We need to continue with our dua and our support and our financial help and so on and so forth. And we need to realize that the change starts with yourself. You can't stand there and wait for somebody else to change. It starts with you. And when you change, other people change. And when they change, other people change. And the domino effect goes on. And before you know it, you have that honor and that dignity that comes from Islam and it comes from nothing but Islam.